The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. and welcome back to the airing of Grievances. I am one of your hosts, Matt Johnson, alongside me, Mr. Johnny Townsend. Hello. And Mr. Brian Jar Jar Finch. All right, start this over. We're not, no, no Jar Jar. <laughs> no, you have, right, to, you don't have to start it over. Jar Jar is misunderstood. <laughs> I sure, heard he that. sounds like a, like a somewhat racist, <laughs> but that's beside the point. Right? It's for the kids, Brian. It's for the kids. There's only one Binks in my life, and he exists in Hocus Pocus. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hi Brian. Well, I, I know you just I mean, ran over. You just ran over my cat, but it came back to life. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, fellas? How are we all doing today? Pretty good. I lit a candle, uh, and apparently, since I haven't had sex yet, uh, <laughs> still doing hocus pocus, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think this guy centric, Disney centric. We're good. I feel yeah, like this okay, is going to be a uh, underlining. <laughs> theme of this uh of the show today i guess i may have to change our pop culture battle for later <laughs> That's just oh no thing. oh no <laughs> do it just do it uh whatever you gotta do <laughs> no man so um so yeah so we're all we're all happy and chipper and and excited and stuff right now uh today's mm-hmm. a very fun day um, as we are going to talk about ESB, The Empire Strikes Back, one of the finest of Star Wars films. Uh, but before that, we got a little bit of news and such to uh, to talk about today. Of course, uh, let's kick it off with the official retirement of Mr. James Earl Jones. He is donezo, all finished up. Uh, what a tremendous, tremendous job J.E.J. Uh, did over his career, especially as Darth Vader. Um, I was getting nervous. I was getting real nervous with uh, in Rogue One because of how exhausted he sounded. Yeah. Really, really nervous. But uh, thanks to uh, the wonderful world of Disney, uh, they clean up his voice for the Obi-Wan show and it sounded a lot better. Of course, you know, they added some, um, they combined some things that made it sound really, really good. But 
Um, it's sad because James Earl Jones, for many people, is the kind of the voice of their childhood. Um, for many, what a perfect voice! Him, Morgan Freeman, mwah, chaps kiss. Yeah. yeah, just blessed with the sound with that voice that you could listen just talk about anything, right? Like it doesn't even have to be the voice of Darth Vader for you to be like, man, this this guy's got like he's got what top top three. Pop a voice in pop culture, right? Oh, I would dare so say he might be number one. Think about yeah, all that yeah. his filmography, right? I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, Darth Vader, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's um, Lion he's King, in, Mufasa. Lion King, Mufasa. Um, man, uh, Sandlot. He, Sand. I was literally about to say Sandlot. He's been in so many things. Um, not even just his voice. He feel the dreams. He's done. Um, oh my God. That's not a gun. It's your finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming to America. What else we got here? Yeah, yeah. He in, he's apparently in Conan the Barbarian. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of really top end. Top end, you know, appearances in his career. Um, you know, one of those kind of classic actors. When I think of classic actors that, you know, the, the likes of... Um, you know, Christopher Lee and and, you know, those those stage, those big stage presence, um, you know, type actors. It's still stuck around because I think he was doing theater until not too long ago. Yeah. A uh, f- little fun, little trivia. He was the first celebrity guest on Sesame Street. Was he really? Yeah. I, yeah. I learned that today. I learned that uh, for another podcast. <laughs> I learned that thirty I learned seconds that ago. To that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgia Funhouse. Check it out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, he was on a he he man. What a career, right? Uh, he honestly could have retired decades ago and still would have been a Hall of Famer. Uh, man, just for his voice work alone, let alone his acting in general. Uh, but it's really fun. When you watch these these old um, Star Wars documentaries and they're talking about these orig- this original trilogy and they're talking about having to voice Darth Vader and what he was originally going to sound like to <laughs> what a wise choice. Uh, I mean, no shame to to good old David there, uh, but R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't want to shame because he's very vital to the Darth Vader part too, yeah. obviously. But that voice added to that that's what I was really paying attention to while watching, you know, Empire uh, earlier today was just that that presence and that voice is definitely part of that presence. Right? Oh, it, it's so authoritative. Uh, Brian, your thoughts on James Earl Jones retirement, my friend? Yeah, it's a thing that um, it was like the last tie in to the original trilogy. You know, th- so many of the other actors have already been gone. So many of those characters have been killed off. You know what I mean? So he was what felt like the last connection to what created all of this. And without his performance as Darth Vader, um, with the way his voice just like created its own character on top of Vader, um, you know, we I don't think we have nearly the hit that that we have with Star Wars. And the appeal of Darth Vader and his the constant impending doom, it, it was so much in encapsulated in that voice of just when you saw that dude with with that helmet 
yeah, it's going to sound even scarier than you imagined. At least it did, you know, when I first saw these movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, just incredibly intimidating. Just this, yeah, this this large commanding voice with confidence. It was, uh, oh, so good. It was so he, good. He, he added confidence with just that air of um, superiority that he felt that he knew better than everyone else was kind of a little bit of in that voice yes. that you better listen to him or else was in that voice. Uh, you know, just the overall presence of that character. I mean, there's a reason why you could argue easily that Darth Vader is probably the number one villain in all pop culture uh, is because of the combination of the presence uh, how they they had the character never ran. He never ran. That's what was really cool. But that to me is even just as scary as the fact that Darth Vader never ran. He just walked, uh, you know, everywhere. He fought with one hand basically. Yeah, <laughs> most of the time. That's so freaking cool. And then that voice, man. That voice was just perfect for that. Absolutely. No, I mean Darth Vader is my favorite pop culture character of all time. And it was just, yeah, it was just cool to watch it all just, you know, come together between the original trilogy. Uh, the prequel trilogy and, and all of that, just seeing how Vader got to that point and uh, so beautiful. So, so beautifully done. So thank you, uh, James Earl Jones for your service. Uh, enjoy retirement, my friend. We're not friends. I wish we were, but enjoy, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy that. Retirement. Who we are, but it really doesn't. <laughs> Matt wants to have that experience that he, uh, we have in big bang theory when Sheldon meets him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, he's I one of those guys. <laughs> I, it, it's that show is something else. It, I, it, I used to love it, and then I, I sat back and realized that if you take the laugh track out of it, yes, it's, yep, it's, it's, that's, yep. A, that's a Christopher Chavez quote. <laughs> he got that from me because that's what I've been saying. I've seen it on YouTube. The first time that I ever ever watched Big Bang Theory was without the laugh track, but somebody just sent it to him, and I was like, okay, I'll watch it. I was like, God, these jokes are not good. <laughs> yeah. On their own, they're not good. I love but anyways. Time, so I'm a, I'm a nut for that stuff. Nah. Well, my parents love it, so you know, you're on yeah. the same thing nice. with them. My in-laws do. Um, anyways, enough about the Big Bang Theory. Uh, Andor dropped last week, depending on when you listen to this, too, uh, to this. Um, I think it was the last Sunday, last weekend of September. Um, four episodes have been released released to this point. Now, I have only watched two. I fell asleep after episode two. I have not tried to go back and watch three and four. It might be something I'm going to be a little hesitant about. But, guys, you discussed this. Don't be afraid. We, our listeners are way more important. Spoiler free. or go, go in all in on spoilers. Well, the fact that they had... Darth Vader show up in nothing but his boxer shorts. Oh my god! They, I need to be the, done. They had the pink little hearts on them. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Well, and he had a and he had a like a, he had a uh, an apron that said "Kiss the Chef." It was pretty great. All oh, right. Well, this show is done. All right, we got to stop recording. Then <laughs> we're done. I I need to go watch this real quick. Jet <laughs> spoilers there. Um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I I have noticed that it's kind of splitting people, right? With some people really, really like it. And just a spoiler alert there, I fall in that camp. I really like it. Uh, I've caught up. I've watched all four episodes as of right now. And some people who just just don't 
care for it. And that may be because of the tone of it. It's it's a different it's sort of a slow builder, right? Um slow. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely more trying to do more be more of a character piece, I think. Yeah. Um and if you can't if you don't feel invested in those characters, then it might feel like a waste of time. Uh however, I feel like it's doing a really good job. The acting is top notch. Um, the character building is to me has been really good. I've really enjoyed it. Um, they're adding new layer, like the episode four added a whole new layers to one of the characters uh, that you're like, wow, this guy's really, really in deep. You don't really know what's, <laughs> what's happening there. The other really fun part to me, an interesting part to me of this, and this is why I'm kind of uh, borderline shocked Matt, that you're not that that it, you're having a hard time getting into it, is that there's a lot of empire stuff in here where it's like the inner workings of the empire. Like you're getting a lot of the the quote unquote backstage politics here, and it's really fascinating. Like that part to me is really done very well so far. I, th- I think that's especially why episode I, four. Especially episode four does. Really yeah, good I did listen to some spoiler stuff today just to try and have a conversation, and I forgot all of it. Um, I forgot every bit of it, but I think that might have been why I fell off after after the second episode. Legit, I was. Uh, it was like seven o'clock, seven fifteen, like on a Sunday before before you know a day before work and we're watching it and i got through i could not keep my eyes open for episode two and i'm like all right i'm done i literally passed out at 7 30 at night on a sunday literally just completely passed out but that also you know you saying that the inner workings which is what i absolutely adore i didn't really have any of that through the first two episodes so that right, might yeah, be yeah. one of the things <laughs> it's just i think I'm t- like i'm telling you by episode four the one that just dropped recently uh, they really start diving into the inner workings of the empire, like all the backstage politics, the the um, you know the attempts of backstabbing and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It's just really fast. I found it fascinating. Brian, what did what did you think of Andor? I've I've really liked it. Yeah, I made a Facebook post uh, that I tried to encapsulate it in as few words as possible, and I said best acting in Star Wars ever like the best actors and dialogue and story building through all of it was so like, I I'm, I was fine with the slow pace knowing how many episodes I'm going to get the, the slow pace through the first two episodes leading, leading into a more fun third was okay with me. Cause I know that they're doing like 26 episodes or whatever of this show. What? So like go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pretty decent amount of episodes, maybe not 26, but it's a lot more than Obi-Wan. So I'm like, cool, I'm ready. You know, take your time, build this all up. I, I'm cool with not knowing any of the backstory right now, not understanding it. I've done it with other shows. You know, we're just not used to that with Star Wars because we're what used the to hell? Star Wars centric. What? 24? 24 episodes. I had no idea. Bring it on. <laughs> that makes more sense, too, with why they released three at once. To me, was a very smart strategy. Because it is the first two episodes are so slow and building things up um, that by the time you get to that third episode, you're like, oh, wow, I'm I'm in. I'm invested. Well, I feel vindicated now because I just seen an article pop up that says, yeah, you should watch it in batches, not episode by episode. So I feel in, in bad batches. Ooh, <laughs> love bad batch. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, Johnny, you and I talked about it um, on on the panel discussion. 
about the Andor character and just yeah, we did. <laughs> we sure did. No, 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 no. <laughs> not today. Uh, not today, Stooley Steve. Not today. No, Luke. I am your dad. Shut up. <laughs> I just found out something we got to do in the discussion. We're going to do famous movie scenes as uh, uh, get these other people, you know, the old prospector and silly. That's, famous that's movie fantastic. Scenes. I think we should trans. We can transition from 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 talking out rap songs, really dirty rap songs. So maybe that. Can Check I out be, panel discussion. If, if you do do that, where you act out some famous scenes, can sure. I be able to just be the straight man in it? Yes. Yes. You guys Fall to the wall, and I'll try and play it as monotone as possible. <laughs> you totally could. Hey, you totally we could. This. All right, we sold this. Uh, pick us up. Uh, somebody sponsor us. Arby's, we're looking at you. Please. Um, polio. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, that's an inside joke. We'll just keep moving along. We'll do, we'll do vastly different things to want to sponsor a podcast. <laughs> We're gonna have a restaurant or some terrible. The medical industry. Come on, it's it's money, 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 money. Anyways, yeah, I'm um, gonna agree. I'm gonna agree with Brian here. the The acting on Andor is also, to me, very superb. It is so well done, and every time they introduce a new character, like I'm like, man, I want to know more about this character. It doesn't matter if it's a good guy or a bad guy. Or ones you can't really tell, right? So, you know, Skarsgård's character by episode four, I'm like, who is this person, right? They're doing such a great job, and obviously he's a fantastic actor. Um, and they're introducing just new characters in the Empire and the inner workings of the Empire. You kind of get to see their the Empire's version of the FBI, basically, and it's really fascinating. So. Uh, I've really liked it, Matt. I'm very curious if you're finally able to <laughs> wake up and power through to these next two episodes, how you would feel, because it really honestly does start to dive way more into what I think you'd be really fascinated by. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to end up watching it. I mean, I, there there was a three week span where I didn't watch Book of Boba Fett because I was like, this show, excuse my language, it fucking sucked. Um, and then I <laughs> see. <laughs> Uh, and then I, I can't believe the- you didn't say that. Did you not see the kids on the motorcycles? Oh God! The coolest characters I ever in Star Wars. I literally only came back because I seen Luke Skywalker. It was in the show, and I was like, "It is <laughs> taking Luke Skywalker to make me give a crap about Boba Fett." I can't do all this, this dancing and weird, weird uh, like a panther. I can't do it. I just you can't, can't do shoot- it. <laughs> you can't shoot your gun unless you do like a really sweet spin move first. Oh God. You know, if, if, I mean, is this literally everything with Disney Plus, like Star Wars, Disney Plus, everything except Mando is very divisive. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Anyways. And I mean, the best, I'm, like the I said, best parts of Boba Fett were with Mando. With so. Mando or Luke yeah. Skywalker. Seriously. Yeah, yes. Um, it, it, crazy. Um, but I mean, like I said, I'm sure I'm going to catch up and watch it. I always do come back. I just need to hear, like, I need to hear something big. Uh, apparently, the story is is progressing slowly, and 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 as you know, you guys are liking it. But I, I need to hear something big. I need to, oh shoot, um, Darth Maul is like here, or so. You know what I mean? There's just something like that, something massive to yeah. make me like, okay, this is finally going somewhere. I can invest my time and energy into it. So that's I don't your- know how much. 
I don't know how many big names are going to try and introduce though. Because, That's the I mean, tough thing, though. I mean, think think about a think about what Rogue One was. I mean, outside of Vader, the last five minutes. Yeah, yeah the mid credit scene or that mid nobody. midway scene with Vader, um, Grand Moff Tarkin. You know, was a big was a big appeal with that. We know what that movie. I mean, you got stuff. How about I think you said Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> you get Saw Gerrera. Wait, what's it? Saw Gerrera's in this. He's yeah, no, I know. He's not like this massive. He's a big he? in the expanded. He hasn't apparently appeared yet, but you know, he's a he's a decent like expanded universe character. But I just it Andor was the weakest. Like literally, casting Andor was the weakest character in Rogue One for me. Weakest character. Like vanilla, just hot, like Aldi's brand, Han Solo. Like, it, 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 like that's how he felt for me. Like, everybody else, really, really cool. I'm all hooked. Give me, give me the blind dude. All right. Give me the blind dude with the force thing. All right. Cassie Andor was not on the top of my list of people to get their own Disney Plus show. I will come around to it, I am sure. But it just, you know, Obi Wan, like, Obi Wan was slow. I know it was only six episodes, but familiar characters. I had a feeling I knew where it was going, which may not be the best, you know, the the the, the best thing, uh, especially, you know, for a character like Andor. I don't really want to know exactly where it's going, but I think many people anticipated Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fighting at some point. I, I like to think. Yeah. Um, well, they, they had already announced that, you know. Yeah, before. Uh, Boba Fett, going to be in it and all that stuff. You know, Book uh, of Boba Fett, though, we didn't know. Uh, and it was just like, it, like literally Cad Bane showed up the second to last episode. Oh, shoot. We got a main villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's just, it's tough. I do feel they've been, perhaps to me, purposely quiet on what's going to happen and who's been cast in this show. Uh, I do think we'll have some pretty major fun reveals at some point because they're obviously leading somewhere right uh, especially after you watch episode four i mean it's they're setting up what the first big uh rebel uh attack really will be uh what they're going to do that type of deal and mm-hmm. i i think the the acting and the character development like i understand what you're saying about Andor. like i get that with that character because he probably was at the bottom tier for me on Rogue One out of all those characters as well. But I feel like this show has done a really good job of filling in his background a little bit. Yeah. And his character. And he's not, to me, he doesn't, in this, he doesn't feel like he's trying to be like Han Solo or anything like that. He okay. feels like his own, to me, his own. I don't know how Brian feels, but to me, his own character. No, I'm fine with it. I, I don't know. I mean, the show's named after him and he is going to be the the lead in it um but it's just like anything in rebels like it, in the rebels cartoon like who's the lead in that you know what i mean it was about the group that's what this is gonna be about in in episode four you you start to see him finally joining a group of part of the rebellion and the start of the rebellion in a lot of ways so a lot to do there for sure like growth wise like they can go and touch so many areas um before we move on to the the main dish uh johnny i told you i said I, you know i asked in the group chat i'm like did we all see it matt said no so then i messaged johnny privately and i said i have a new favorite side character he appears in episode one and then again in episode four do you want to try and guess who i'm talking about this is on andor correct um 
favorite side characters in one and four? Because I would have said, um, like the big burly guy of for the uh for the Empire who kind of like you know sort of takes charge, but make sure he's not taking charge. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the Scottish fella. Yeah, yeah, because he yeah. he quickly became what I really liked, but. Uh, I don't know. Other than that, I'm trying to think who would who was in episode one and four. I'm going to kick myself when you tell me. No, that's fine. Uh, the actor's name is Rupert Van Zittart. Uh, don't really know if I'm pronouncing it right, but he plays Chief Hine, and he's the guy who who tells him like, "Listen, this is just a a dumb drunken fight. Uh, they picked oh, up yeah, a yeah. shooting yeah. of." And like I thought his delivery and everything and his cadence and his voice, the accent was just like spot on, like Empire. Like yeah. he starts talking, I'm like, oh, this is a Empire dude through and through, even though they're not, they're part of something else. But yeah, that's my new favorite guy. He, he's totally random. Won't probably see him again. <laughs> but you know, just just like you have your porkins, I got my chief. <laughs> also, uh Tim, the character Tim. Uh, who was trying to mess around with that Binks chick or did mess around with that Binks chick. That's right. SpaceX, everybody. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I like that a character's name is just Tim, but it's with two M's I see here. You uh, got to change it up. I'm looking at IMDB. It's, it can't be just regular I, Tim. You got to watch more. Chrissy, my wife's sitting on the couch. I'm watching with headphones on by myself. And she's, I don't know what she's doing. And I just yelled out, his name is Tim. She just looks over like what? You like, you need to watch more two thousands uh, women's wrestling. You got they they all just had one name, yeah. or like I, I just like it was such a very, late WWE right name. before, uh, right before you know Vince McMahon kind of went away. <laughs> he one named everybody: Christy, <laughs> Michelle, Layla. <laughs> when I heard uh, just. Tim, I was like, oh, Tim. I instantly thought of the Holy Grail, but my friends call me Tim. Tim? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great movie. All right. Best ending, best ending in all cinema. Oh, yes, by far. <laughs> so apparently, we're going to be talking about Andor for at least the next six months. So sorry, Matt. No, <laughs> you better get on board, Matt. <laughs> I'll catch up. You know what? I'll wait till the very end. I'll because they're all, they're very quick episodes, right? Like only a half hour, thirty six minutes. Or they're, so. no, they're about forty five to fifty minutes long usually. Okay, all right, all right. Know it all. Um, <laughs> well, I know that because I literally paid attention to that today when I was watching it today. <laughs> all right, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, yes, next six months or so, five, six months, we'll be talking about Andor. I'll catch up right before the last month, so I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, it is time for us to discuss The Empire Strikes Back. I'm excited to do this one. Um, so Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980, uh, kicking off a uh, a fantastic decade of pop culture. Uh, the movie dropped on May, uh, to be May twenty first, nineteen eighty. Hey, it's my birthday. Um, with a runtime of one hundred twenty four minutes, with a budget of thirty point five million, it earned five hundred and thirty eight to five hundred and forty nine million. So, it gets a box office success. Uh, we all know the story by now. Uh, I guess we can kind of come up with our summarizations and initial thoughts. Or you know what? Where we were. I forgot we do this. 
the first time we've seen uh, Empire Strikes Back. Johnny, let's kick it off with you. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, it's canon that the first Star Wars movie I saw is Return of the Jedi. Uh, so I'm very excited to do that one next, just FYI, because that's my favorite. Uh, but this one is widely considered to be the best of Star Wars and uh, most people's number one favorite. And it's very easy to see why. Uh, I There's so many iconic things that make Star Wars Star Wars for me in this movie um, that I remember as a when I was a kid watching this, you know, the, um, the big Imperial walkers, right? Like those things are just so imposing. Uh, and I remember being like, man, those just these, uh, designs of these machines is really fascinating to me. Uh, the Darth Vader stuff, like he really became a very imposing figure to me in this, uh, you know, um, Luke Skywalker, uh, became, uh, he cemented for me becoming my favorite Star Wars character ever in this. I mean, he wasn't Jedi, but he definitely cemented it, it here when I watched it for the first time. And this is another one of those movies where uh, there, we got a free on cable. When I was a kid, we got a free uh, weekend of HBO. And they were like, we're going to show Star Wars this weekend. And my parents would be awesome. They would tape it for me. So I had a VHS copy of this uh, movie <laughs> as the first time I watched it. And this is before I knew like this, these movies had an order to them. Like, you know, uh, I didn't realize that you watched this before Return of the Jedi. Uh, and then I didn't even realize there was a, an original one. Oddly enough, the original ones when I saw last of these three. <laughs> and uh, But this really just has so many things that I remember very fondly as a kid. And then... And that's not even talking about Yoda, right? I mean, what a flipping awesome character. And the last memory I want to share is, um, you know, I, I was growing up, I kind of went through middle school and Star Wars kind of went to the wayside a little bit. But then when I got into high school, this the group of kids that I would hang out and joke around with loved Star Wars and would quote Star Wars all the time. They would bring the Star Wars books. Like there were these Star Wars, but you guys probably remember these, these Star Wars books that would have like all the vehicles from Star Wars or all the uh, weapons from Star Wars, all the characters uh-huh. from Star Wars. They would have those and bring those and we would all just look at them and <laughs> talk about how cool they are. We would quote Yoda left and right. Uh, you know, I constantly to this day, just always say that's not true. That's impossible to pretty much anything. Uh, just cause that's my favorite part of that whole thing is when he screams that. Uh, but this movie has so, so much in it that I, it never gets old. Rewatching it today, this has got to be the, good Lord, like the the easy, what, 50 plus times I've seen this movie easily. And it's, to me, like it still doesn't get old. So I I loved this movie as a kid. And spoiler alert, I still love it now. It's, it's, it's pretty damn good. Brian, uh, what about you, buddy? Your first experience? with uh with empire and uh yeah a little bit of copy and paste action here going on from uh last episode i i don't know when i saw this for the first time there's no moment like going to a movie theater or anything like that um but i do i do think this is the movie that we played the most on vhs it was definitely that and return of the jet those might have been on the same cassette I'm 90% sure that that first Star Wars movie was on with like Back to the Future and literally like Indiana Jones. It literally had like some of the most ridiculously awesome 80s movies on the same taped cassette tape. 
Um, so this would have been like with Return of the Jedi, and it's my brother's favorite. So when I was a kid, I wanted my own favorite. So I picked Return of the Jedi to be different from him. Secretly, it was also Empire. Like <laughs> Empire, Empire d- does introduce so many other cool things. Um, you obviously get the the real storyline plot twist going on in it. Um, you, you get to see the love story start to be created with Han and Leia. Like all those things, the introductions were all so well laid out that even as a small child who didn't care about those things necessarily, like falling in love. Um, it still was some of my favorite lines in the movie is between Han and, and Leia. Like I, the push and pull between them two was such an appeal and um, more chewy action. Who doesn't love more chewy action? So <laughs> I don't know. It was fun. It was fun. Um, I didn't get to go back and, and um, watch this, but uh, I, I, you know, cycled through the memory Rolodex real quick and, I was like, oh man, I can remember to bring this up. So after <laughs> after man, we'll we'll have some times where I can chime in like, oh yeah, Johnny, that's great. That was awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. We still haven't done our yeah, we'll do our grand uh, summaries and 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 such in just a moment here. But uh I had this and Return of the Jedi on the same cassette tape. Um it was a very, very special edition that my dad definitely did not record from a blockbuster tape uh, from VCR to camcord. Definitely did not do that. Uh, I was probably, eh, boy, when did I first see it? I want to say third or fourth grade. So I was at eight or nine, just really starting to get into Star Wars. I'd seen, you know, I'd fallen asleep during A New Hope, uh, eventually seen it. Obviously, episode one was all the rage. And I was like, I really want to see the other stuff. So came to it. My dad, uh, you know, rented it and and we went from there. And I was just so enamored with this film because one, it was Luke with uh, the blue lightsaber, which for some reason that just appealed to me uh, like crazy. Um, Western New York is a very, very snowy place. So I identify with Hoth. He got the debut of Yoda uh you know and and all that stuff in there it just it just it just spoke to me and obviously the big reveal at the end right at the end of the movie no i am your father and i was like wow this is some deep stuff because at this point i had been introduced to to anakin right i had just been introduced to little anakin little pod racer tatooine anakin and I was, and I was just like, "How do we get from that to this?" And I couldn't picture it. So I was like, so fascinated by this movie for that reason. It was just a continuation of the story, and uh, yeah, I uh, I adored it. I know that uh, when I was collecting Star Wars figures, still in packages, uh, Empire was one that I was constantly, constantly trying to get figures for because uh, they had so many of them. Uh, Vader has a has a Actually, he has an unmasked uh, version of himself, too, from this. Uh, I think the Hasbro line did an unmasked version of him from Empire, even though he really wasn't unmasked. Oh, that one scene where they showed the back of his head. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, that, that was kind of my original experience with Empire. And uh, I, I didn't realize this either. It wasn't very pop. It wasn't really popular back in the day. 
it, it took a little while for it to get like build some steam. I just reading news articles and stuff and, and, and trying to get an idea of it, uh, that it wasn't super popular, but it took a couple years for it to really hit that immortality status. It's, it's, it's one of the best sequel movies of all time. Um, I do got to ask you guys this though on YouTube. Um, I, I want to know if you guys have seen this. Have you ever seen the YouTube the the video of Darth Vader telling Luke that he is his father? Like it's it's a live camcorder reaction in movie theater. Have you guys ever seen it? I don't think so. It's on YouTube. It is. I'm aware. I'm aware of it, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever sought it out. It's pretty surreal because I used to always ask myself, you know, going to midnight premieres like um, like for Harry Potter and Deathly Hollows and and Avengers and all these superhero films. I was like, man, I would have loved to, you know, have been in that, you know, hear that line being dropped. Right. I grew up and it was common knowledge in pop culture. Right. If you like Star Wars, you don't know that Darth Vader's Luke's dad. What are you doing with your life? But hearing it announced to the whole world. Um, in a in a movie theater back in 1980, it's crazy. You could just hear everybody's jaws just dropped. Like, oh, it was like, oh, it was crazy. It was really cool. I'll put it in the group chat for you guys to to check out. But it's really really powerful stuff, and and uh, and just cool to see that um, that even back then there was still like this 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 just. The the emotions, everybody was just very vocal about their emotion uh, for, for some of these big movie moments, especially one of that massive. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That is one of the things that, because I don't really go to, I haven't been to movie theater in a while now, but that is one of the things I do miss is that collective experience of a major moment in a major movie um, like that. You know, the last one I can remember would be Avengers Endgame when at the very end, where, towards the end where the, because I'm on your left, like that line, and the whole theater, like I swear, everybody in the theater started cheering. <laughs> it was just such a cool moment, right? Because it's, it felt like that's what the whole thing was building up to. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. It would be really incredible to uh, been there for that moment and to find out. Because uh, all you knew until then was that he was the bad guy, really, right? You didn't really know a lot about Darth Vader, right? Uh, and then if, and you go, oh man, because all you knew was that. Uh, Luke was trying to be like his dad, who was a Jedi, and that uh, Darth Vader had killed him. That's all you knew. And, uh, man, that reveal was huge. Yeah. Oh, it, it was, I mean, what, probably one of the biggest jaw-dropping, you know, just cliffhangers uh, of all time. And it's, yeah, it's it's top-notch. It really is. I One of my favorite moments of, of cinema history, so... Uh, but it's time. I mean, notes, summaries, you know, our overall thoughts. Obviously, we're not going to break down the movie because if you listen to a Star Wars pod, you've probably seen this at least 12 <laughs> times. So if you haven't, get on our level. Um, Johnny, <laughs> uh, you know, after rewatching it again, you said you've watched it at least a million times. Uh, just maybe some things you noticed retrospectively or just some interesting notes. Yep. All right, so uh, we all know, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I still love this movie. It's still good. Uh, but here are some of the notes that I was like, I was really wanting to pay attention to some little things here. So this is very, very nitpicky, uh, but did not at all take away from the movie for me. Just little things that I noticed. Uh, like the first one being, of course, uh, how did Luke, who's already been training, I mean, he's not a full-fledged Jedi yet, but he's been training. 
right? He's learned a lot from Obi-Wan. Uh, how did he not hear a giant monster come up and knock the freaking crap out of him? <laughs> <laughs> that thing's giant. It's humongous. <laughs> I mean, maybe and it it's surprises a- him. It gets to drop on him. <laughs> maybe. maybe I'm trying to come up with a justification here. I don't know. Like you ever been like snow? I just no. I can't go with that either. Snow is pretty quiet. Like if you're in a, it's so it's really peaceful. If you're in a very snowy place, it's just snowing. Yeah. And, but maybe it was windy. I mean, it was really windy. Yeah, let's go with that. I like that. You like that? Yeah. You like? I mean, I, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to to, to make it make sense. But uh, I mean, yeah. Hey, we we can't we can't compare our experiences to what they're experiencing have you ever stepped foot on hoth that's true i have not in fairness so, you're right yeah you know brian what about you bud have you ever been on hoth <laughs> i i do live in buffalo so it's close but i you know the the gravity all that stuff we, we just don't know we just don't <laughs> yeah you know that's fair fairness uh <laughs> all right so between the first star wars a new hope and this movie there are moments in which you know, a beloved character who you can never understand what he's saying because he just goes, um, Chewbacca. And I started thinking, I love Chewbacca, but he's he's kind of a dick, right? <laughs> I mean, what? A little bit. Isn't he? Like, I've never know- been really yeah. enamored with Chewbacca, but he is kind of a dick. I mean, in the first one, like, uh, he, he, you can't beat him, you know, in a fair game of something. He'll rip your limbs off. He screams at you all the time. Uh, he's just going around just choking people without thinking. Yeah, he, he does. Some, he's, <laughs> he responds in this movie to a couple of things very dickish. Uh, but, yeah, I was like, man, I love Chewbacca. He's kind of a dick. To be um, fair, they, they say that all Wookiees will rip your arms off if they lose in a chess match. So it's yeah, not just him. Chewbacca's. I don't want to single him out as the only dick. His whole race apparently is kind of dickish. Okay, fairness. It's <laughs> that's, that's that's a little racist, sir. Yeah, don't you just cool. be assuming? Yeah. Don't you just be assuming stuff about all? You're gonna get a, all the. You're gonna get his, <laughs> I, I rely on the word this. of a protocol droid, my friend. <laughs> speaking of uh, being a dick, uh, speaking of being dickish, uh, one of my favorite lines happens here early on because and i know you'll probably know what i'm talking about but just the response this guy goes up to han or han they call them both by the way i've heard both yeah. uh they go up to they say han in this movie they go they go up to han and that guy's like yeah if you don't get back in time you can like he's literally just warning han like hey you'll die out there if you're not careful and what's han's response i'll see you in hell <laughs> It's like, I wish they would have got the response of the guys. They should have been back to that dude. It was like, dude, what the? (laughs) I literally just said, don't die. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I I know, right? I thought Han Solo didn't believe in religions, wacky religions. He he knows what hell is. He believes in hell. Oh, man. Picking this movie apart. Yeah, we're going to destroy this film. Uh, Belief of heaven and hell is now canon. You know, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Han uh, grew up in a Catholic home. That's what we just found out. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Um, I guess that it's okay to kiss your brother if you're making a point. 
to a guy you think is being a jerk? <laughs> you never kissed your brother? They... I kiss my brother all the time. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't have a brother. Tongues, I don't <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I, it still seemed pretty steamy to me. It was a, on the lips, you know. It was weird. It was weird. It's like that. Uh, who was that quarterback? Was it Tom Brady who kisses his kids on the lips? And I thought it was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's nothing remotely untowards, but, you know, it's just weird. Like, that's weird. I I grew up being very close with my parents, but never once were we, like, kissing each other on the lips or anything like that. Uh, I do know, we did I do know, when I was young. Yeah. Younger. I mean, I do know families that do that, but it just reminds me of there's this uh, SNL sketch. That's all about this uh-huh. family. You know which one I'm talking about? Yes. They... <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Uh, yes, that's a good one. That's a very, 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 very good one. <laughs> all right. Um, this also, while they're showing Darth Vader, like just how powerful he is, uh, they also are kind of showing just how awful it is to work for him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like working, I know. For, working for Darth Vader had to be one of the worst jobs <laughs> ever. And I guarantee you health insurance was ridiculously high price premium. For them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be what it's like for us, maybe even higher uh, than yeah. that. Who knows? Sweet. Oh, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> just Can you just, imagine if you, you just, just the wrong amount of like, just, it, uh, this this food is a little bit salty. Oh, I just force <laughs> choke him. Yeah. yeah, how many people that he just force choke for just little small things <laughs> that really are no. I would have been this goofy dude who like I would have I would have been just standing there like an imperial officer and thinking I have like a, a silent but deadly fart, but it's just a little it's just a little bit loud and he hears it. I can just picture Darth Vader turn around and like. <laughs> and that's just him making fun of the size of my Johnson. It's not him force yeah. choking me yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ad STs uh, are still freaking awesome. Uh, I just love them from a design standpoint, uh, and they're just they just look really cool. Especially if you're a kid seeing this right for the Ooh, first man. time, seeing these giant monster things walking, and they're huge. Uh, that's just a really cool moment. But one thing I did notice is while they're trying to bring those things down, because obviously they're like giant tanks, basically, for the Empire. Um, they were like, they made a very big point to say, hey, blasters don't work on these things. Right. So that's why we got to trip them up. But apparently once you trip them up and they've fallen, blasters suddenly work just fine. <laughs> Because they blow one right up easy as you please by shooting it right after it falls. Oh, see, you know what happened was I did the science of it. It's yeah. this thing underneath their chin. Um, it's, oh, a, yeah, it's, the... a, it's an anti-blaster oh. repellent. Oh. Um, if they fall on their chin like that, you. face forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I. Yeah. It's like Jay Leno is their weak point. You know? <laughs> uh. Those things are, I mean, do you ever see the toys for that? Like the actual big toys for that thing yes it's so cool oh my god for a second there i thought you'd be like jayla no. <laughs> nobody wants that he's a uh, big chin there's a big chin i i went to the rochester museum of play years ago when i lived in rochester brian i think you would enjoy this place a lot maybe one of these days we can go up with uh chrissy and the girls i would go back in a heartbeat um it's they had like they have a toys throughout the decades like display behind glass and um 
and they had that toy and it was it was massive it was it was you know probably about as big almost as big as a, as a smaller dog um it, it, i couldn't like wow they like how cool were toys back then they so good so yeah. good yeah uh there when they're trying to leave Hoth and they're all getting on the Falcon and they're getting chased. They're getting shot at while they're in the Falcon and they're trying to get the takeoff. Uh, Leia looks at Han or Han and goes, someday you're going to be wrong. And I'm hoping I'm there to see it. She yells at him as he's in the process of, if he's wrong, then they're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> so why would you say that she does take it back later on in the movie? But why would you say that then literally you're in a situation where if he is wrong, you're all toast <laughs> yeah that is the uh the vindication of of uh beautiful women huh yeah yeah that evil yeah. vindication um just i hope you fail and then yeah this again she does take it back i will say that later she on, does she no no, no kudos to her because yeah. you know yeah all right um <laughs> let's fast forward a little bit uh yoda to me this is yoda i know this is probably why I don't like CG Yoda so much is because to me, this Yoda just feels so fun. And uh, I feel like this Yoda has way more soul than the CG Yoda. I, that's just my personal opinion. That's just how I feel. Love the I love, yeah, I love this version of Yoda, how uh, tactical and, and, and a part of the scene he feels. Yes. And he's actually pretty, he's got some pretty great lines here. What a great introduction of a character overall, right? Like, I think the intro of this character is just fantastic and uh, just in, in, incredible. Uh, and also, obviously, the puppet work is phenomenal. I um, mean, it should be with who they got doing it. But, you know, it's just I was really wanting to pay attention more to that this time watching it. And I was like, man, this is just so good. <laughs> I miss that stuff, man. Like CGI, I get it. You need it for a lot of aspects. But yeah, yeah. Nothing, I understand nothing it. beats puppets yeah i understand it definitely and i'm not against it there's been plenty of I, mean, I was just talking about the marvel movies which are pretty much nothing but cgi and i love those so i'm not uh, against it should have had a puppet thanos just saying <laughs> uh, now you just sold me on this <laughs> let's make it happen marvel uh, they did a they did an old puppets version of uh avengers i would be all over that in a second hmm. <laughs> um this is not our uh, our uh, pop culture thing, but I was thinking after I saw it, what if the Tremors took on those asteroid worms? Who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and that wait, that, was that is that our is that our fantasy matchup? No, no. But I was just thinking about that. Like, which ones are more uh, scary? Because Tremors are pretty scary. Uh, I mean, they almost ate Reba McIntyre, and that that's a crime <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, definitely not a fancy thing to do. Uh, but uh, it's those. That was just a really fun part of that moment. That moment brought me back to to being a kid when I first saw that. I was like, "Holy crap, that's a!" You know, when you see the teeth closing in. Uh, I don't know why, but that that moment just stands out in my brain when I was a kid. Of that, uh, I was like, "Man, this is just a great movie." Uh, is this? They had that the- part in uh, Super Super Bomb Bad Races Episode One. Yeah, I don't know if you ever played that game, but they had a battle arena with that level and if you drove over the hole that it would come out and eat your racer <laughs> <laughs> well there's so many 
uh, areas and sets in this movie that are iconic now. It's, I mean, they've oh yeah, you know, Hoth obviously like the little the halls, the inside of Hoth was is all very iconic to me, especially from the Lego Star Wars games because you get to go through there that type of stuff. So that's very iconic. Uh, obviously, Cloud City is very iconic. Um, the Luke and Darth Vader, the first fight. Uh, I forgot how actually pretty good of a fight it is, especially it's when you really compare good. it to the first movie's uh, lightsaber fight, which, you know, obviously to me is the first one, so it's iconic, but it's just not, you know, this one is another level of being much better. Uh, but there is a part in that fight where I don't know if Luke's trying to get away or trying to look cool, but he just kind of rolls down the steps. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, dude? Get out, man. You're making me look bad because I put See, all my I'm, money on Luke. <laughs> I love it. See, I'm full of surprises that he, he Vader whips his lightsaber away. Yeah. But I was embarrassed because I, you know, I, I bet it all on Luke and there he was rolling down steps. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also um, a continuation of a character losing a limb. Now, this, that's a Star Wars staple. Uh, if you're, you're not a Star Wars movie, unless somebody loses a, a, an appendage of some sort and uh this actually happens multiple times the monster loses an arm uh, ironically from luke and then luke later on i guess karma comes around and bites him and he loses his hand in this one um <clears throat> of course we get an introduction of lando who becomes another iconic character in star wars uh i thought his character was introduced pretty good i like the fact that you get it's established right away if you don't know if you can trust him or not and that's kind of part of his character and they do a really good job with that uh, that scene where he's taking them to dinner and Darth Vader's there is really cool. Uh, you know, and then, uh, uh, and then the, of course the big famous scene of freezing him in carbonite, hand in carbonite. And, yeah. Uh, I love you. I know. I agree with you, man. I really paid it. I think this, their the little love story of Leia and, and Han has done really well here to me, much better than I remembered before uh you know it just felt real right like uh it's obvious that uh, there's uh chemistry there and it never uh, took away from the movie right exactly exactly it was actually just a part of the movie and it really was really well done yeah Uh, so that was really cool uh and of course the the thing that it's probably been said before but this movie really is definitely brave because you got to think again it came out in 1980 and it was a much anticipated sequel because the first one did so well and people were definitely waiting for this one that they end this one on a cliffhanger not only is a cliffhanger but uh on a big down note <laughs> you know uh, solo is frozen in carbonite and we don't know what's going to happen to him uh, it could be terrible darth vader seemingly has the, the leg up on everybody here mm-hmm. uh you know uh Luke literally lost a hand. It's not looking good. And that's how the movie ends. It ends with that. They didn't do that back then. They didn't do no. that back then, ever. No, no. you needed like a happy ending or something for your... Because even the first Star Wars, right? New Hope has a very positive ending for your Rebels that you're pulling for. I mean, they blow up the Death Star. Uh, but in this one, no, the Empire definitely struck back. And I, and I was just thinking about just how brave that was for this to do. Uh, but man, yeah, I really, really like this movie a lot. Uh, it, it turned in, as you can tell, my notes were pretty much all from the beginning, and then I just got enthralled with the movie. <laughs> so that's how that's how good these movies are. But that's my notes. 
from Empire Strikes Back. All right, Brian, you're up, bud. No notes, just feels, vibes. The introduction of the AT-ATs is one of the coolest moments, I think, as a kid watching a toy come alive. Because we would have had the toys and then watch the movies. Like, you had that opportunity. You may know a friend that has an older brother who had the toys, so you got to, like, see the those, and then you watch the movie. I was probably in that exact same scenario, because um, I have an older cousin, and him and my brother would always be playing Star Wars constantly. So, um, I think that... So, getting the toys and being able to build out the movies from having the toys was always like my favorite part of anything I got into Ninja Turtles, Star Wars, Marvel. Well, that was more cartoons, but you know what I mean? Like being able to take scenes and bring them to life was like my favorite part. So having a battle scene like that, like from almost the word go, like it's not immediate, you know, we started out in space, but within the first 20 minutes, I mean, you're right into action. You know, Luke's going to mess up by some monster. You come to find out that the reason that he's got the scars on his face from the monster attack is actually because uh, Mark Hamill's actually in a car accident and had scarring from it. So uh, cool little thing they built in there. I always liked um, learning about that. And then, you know, just the whole scene growing up in Buffalo, got to do something when it snows. Why not go out and pretend that you're fighting off the Empire on Hoth? I mean... Mm -hmm. It was so fun to do. I, I had huge drifts outside my house because I live out in the country. So it was easy to build like caves and stuff like that and pretend that you're like in a secret winter base, which is fantastic. Um, the escape is one of my favorites because it, I love how they get out of danger. And the next time that they think that they're safe is actually they're in more danger than they could even imagine. Literally about to be digested by a gigantic space monster. Um, Shout out to these space monsters, by the way, too. You know, I think the Rancor and the Sarlacc pit get a little more love, a little more pub than the the snow monster. And then um, I don't even know. What would you call it, Johnny? An asteroid monster? Uh, kind of like the asteroid worm. <laughs> asteroid worm. I like yeah. that. Um, but then we already touched on it. The, the Han and Leia storyline and the fact that both of them have such strong personalities, yet it keeps working. It's called the Exogorth, just so you know. Just I so would you. not call it that. It's what its name is. It's, it's literally on Wikipedia. Exogorth? Exogorth. Also known as Space Slugs. Space Slugs. Okay. Oh, I, like I like Space Slugs. That sounds they should have known about the Space Slugs from all the space smuggling missions. <laughs> Um, shout out to Boba Fett making his appearance in this after a rather odd introduction into Star Wars lore. You know, he's first brought in during the the Christmas special, right? Isn't that yeah, the yeah, yep. He's animated so, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that then you get to the catwalk scene and he's one of the dudes up there, like that would have been a cool reveal, not for me, because once again, I would have seen this first and then that terrible awful christmas special many many years later on youtube um i have a book i've talked about this before but it like covers a lot of those characters on the catwalk 
they exp- expand on the bounty hunters and all their lore and backstory, which is a really good book to look into. Um, what else did I, man, this so fun. This movie, uh, I mean, you crushed it, John, when you're talking about Yoda. I mean, the, the snarkiness, the sarc, the sarcasm, the way that he's constantly bopping Luke on the head, like, He's a grandmaster, and he's. This is the way he's treating. This and he also tells. Whole, he also, he also tells Luca. He also tells Luca what time to be serious. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, fantastic. But the yeah the the hope like of the whole galaxy being you know freed from the empire relies on Luke, and here he is like kind of treating him like I don't even like. But then again, he he's is built through canon. Said you know he's too far too old. You know he he didn't think that Luke stood much of a chance, so he probably didn't take it too serious. I mean, they've been they probably all became so jaded. You know him and Obi Wan to their their realization of what they did to their the galaxy and and how they failed everybody. So at the same time, I guess I'll cut him a little bit of slack that he takes an opportunity to to take out his frustrations on Luke, make me carry, carry me around in a backpack. Like that's hilarious. I would love to hear that conversation of like, all right, now what I want you to do is uh, pick me up and put me in this backpack. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to have you jump over a log. Yeah, that's no problem, but you got to do a somersault. Oh, <laughs> you'll need this when you're rolling down the steps. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you guys, and I don't, I don't know. I didn't have this moment, but thinking about it, when they get to cloud city, which once again, that's the sets and the different planets we get to see in this movie are it's so fun. Um, but cloud city, one of my favorites, when that door slides open for dinner and, and Vader's on the other side and Han reacts quick enough to get the shot off. And then he blocks it with his hand. Do you think people had the realization in the moment of, wait, is Vader a robot? Like, full robot? You know what I mean? Because he blocks it. And the reason he's able to block it like that is because he's got a cybernetic hand. Right. You think See, I people think, the, I think like, people looked at the force. I think people went force first because his glove wasn't damaged at all. Yeah, I know when I was a kid, I thought it was force. The yeah. Force. Yeah. But we, it's, we don't see a lot of the force in action, though. No, we don't. I like, just focus for Luke was like when he was going on the the run in there, and the first one to blow up the Death Star. He's using the force, but more in like a feeling, like being in the moment kind of thing. Right. Yeah, it's it was one of those things. It is interesting, though. I just it, it depends on what the lore was at the time, like what. What his, what his suit was made out of to repel blaster fire, but yeah, I, I, I mean, didn't was, think it was already, force. They'd already been building him up too, as being like, uh, you know, Luke didn't stand a chance against him because he was so powerful in the force, even if it was the dark side. They'd already been kind of building him him up for that. So I definitely remember as a kid thinking that he just uh, blocked it because of the force. But who knows? It could have been honestly, it could have been both. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we could the the best line in all of Star Wars, uh, earliest dialogue exchange between Han and Leia when Han's being frozen. He right before he says, uh, 
she says, I love you. And he gets to say, I know, like a slick motherfucker. Yeah. Like he is. That was oh. improv, I think, too, right? I, I was told yeah, that was, was improv. A, it was originally going to be uh, just him saying, I love you, too, or something like that. And yeah. he was like, I don't think Han would say that. And he's right. Because yeah. that's that, to me, just solidified who that character is. Yeah. For sure. I know. So, yeah, the, I, I feel like we missed out on, like, how cool that movie really could have been. Because there's so many great reveals. They would have seen like, oh my god, you know, Jed's Boba Fett. Oh my god. And then what? Vader's his dad. And then at the end it's like, wait, we we lost? Like we lost. Luke's missing a hand. Han Solo's frozen going who knows where. It's you know what I mean? We're stuck with this guy that we can don't even know we can trust as our new leader. He's already and wearing Han's Lando. jacket. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually that's pretty morbid. Yeah, pretty weird. <laughs> Just a my little trophy. bit. I never picked my up on that. Thank you for betraying my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Lando, you know, is one has always been one of my favorite side characters, and uh, I'm glad that he's got to reprise his role a few times, and and actually did it well. Um, I don't think it was ever too forced in the other movies. It felt good enough that I wasn't like, ugh. You know, you're trying to steal my childhood and use it to get money out of me. All right, fine. I'll give you money, but reluctantly. Yeah, Lando's great character. Great character. Matt, your uh, thoughts. All right. You guys have already uh, expressed several really, really good thoughts. Um, I'm glad this point has been taken, though. Um, for me, this is the best Darth Vader my voice just cracked. This is the best Darth Vader um, out of everything, maybe up until Obi-Wan show, but this is the best version of Darth Vader. And the reason why I, I explain that is because of this um, episode four Vader answered to Grand Moff Tarkin. All right. He was never really the guy. He was iconic looking, but he was never the guy. Episode six Vader answered to Palpatine. Of course, really cool stands out, but not the guy episode five was totally about Darth Vader being like the boss telling the Imperial officers what to do, what we're going to do. This is the, I mean, this is to me is, is, is peak Darth Vader. Um, it, again, I think before Obi-Wan, I guess it all kind of connects is all, oh, it's not really the same time period, but it, it's, it's Vader being authoritative, um, authoritative, whatever that phrase is, that word, but, I love it for that reason alone, because again, Vader's my favorite, you know, Star Wars character, pop culture character, and for him to, to, to the most menacing, I think, and we got to see the total result of it. You know, Moff Tarkin kept Vader on a bit of a leash, right? Uh, you know, stop choking that, you know, stop Vader, release him, and and Palpatine kind of belittled Vader, but this was ultimate Vader just bossing. And we see the result of it. I think two people got choked out, um, you know, so that was pretty cool. Uh, overall, though, I mean, seeing all those bounty hunters, like that was almost the equivalent of the cantina scene for me in episode four because we got to see so many more different races of 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 creatures in the galaxy, right? And IG-88 is my favorite bounty hunter. Uh, I think it's just the coolest thing, this droid that can spin and rotate. It's literally just made for bounty hunting. Um, 
that's right. Our good friend Will over at the panel discussion always brought up how interesting is it for a robot to be a bounty hunter who has no value for, you know, really have money or, or anything like that. It's one of those interesting, uh, interesting perspectives, almost like an oxymoron. But uh, I love it. IG88 is one of my favorite ones. Um, and, and Luke's training, the, the build for it, it, it reminded me Luke's training. It reminded me of like like a Rocky training montage, and even though it didn't have cool music or whatnot, the, the like coming out, like just growing into his own and becoming the best version of himself. I thought it was really, really well done. The stuff with Yoda having Obi Wan pipe in every now and then, um, but uh, I think you know, I mean the Hoth battle, like we all talked about it when I first played Star Wars Battlefront. The first thing I wanted to do was play the Hoth battle nothing else i wanted to go play it's you know either be uh the empire so you can control the at sts which was like one of the coolest things you know to be able to do in a video game at that time when the og came out or um play as the heroes play as the the light side and try and take one down like it was super cool to simulate it but um I mean, that's uh, that's really all I got. It, it would just be redundant to repeat a lot of the things. But for me, the ultimate thing was that Vader was uh, unchained, essentially. He was he just kind of got to be as free as he wanted to be uh, when it came to commanding the uh, the Empire and in his little his forces. So. Um, so, yeah, so that's that uh, review time. What's it, our final score? Our final score. I am going to go. I can't remember what I gave a new hope, but to me, this is pretty damn close to being perfect. Uh, I'm going to go a nine and a half for, I'm going to go nine and a half for, for umpire. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So I'm trying to think I can't give anything below a nine. That's for sure. No. Uh, with any <laughs> ease of conscience, it's at least a nine. Uh, I, Man, I love Jedi so much. Uh, so it's a spoiler there. That one's going to get a high score for me too. But uh, I'm, I think you're right. This is easily nine and a half. Uh, this is a nine and a half for me as well. I mean, it's just uh, if you want, if someone who's never experienced Star Wars and you want them to kind of, if you want to pick one movie for them to kind of get the gist of what Star Wars is, it's probably this. So yeah. I'm going to give this a nine and a half. I think I can give my first perfect score a 10 out of 10 because it's this movie that i hold all other star wars movies up against which isn't fair you shouldn't do that for really any movie but you know we all started from the 80s and this is smack dab in 1980 um well okay matt you did and i always forget that you you got the heart of a a kid that grew up in the 80s though i should have been i should have been so (laughs) 10 out of 10 no problem. Some of my favorite characters are introduced in this movie and the empire, you know, wins for a day and that's okay. It's okay to have the bad guys win every now and then. Yeah, it makes it makes it feel more realistic storytelling wise. Yes. Uh, yeah. the, the hero can't always win. They got to overcome something. The dread, uh, right. A bit of yeah. a dread. And uh, this is one of those, this movie is so good that it's one of those rare occasions where the sequel is actually considered better than the original yeah like that just doesn't happen very often where the sequel is actually really really good uh even though the people the first ones be loved i mean toy story you can probably throw in there where the sequels are actually better uh you know what are some other movies 
where you kind of think this one to me sort of started it all because this kind of came out too where i mean there were sequels before this but there weren't very many right yeah i mean uh terminator 2 is held in high regard yeah yes yeah i would put that one up there lord of the rings the sequel i think was like uh two towers comparatively um but there's not many it's not many and honestly the usually the ones that are the second one is better than the first it's it's a massive big name trilogy usually yeah yes yes i prefer the second predator over the first one. Ooh, hot take i'm not saying the first one's that good it's awesome and arnold's you know, it's iconic, but I don't know. Yeah. I thought I thought Glover did a good job in the second one. Yeah, for sure. All right, there it is. Our scores. Now, time for our um, our final segment for today's show: the uh, fantasy battle. All right, Johnny, so who do we got today? Originally, I was going to go with Lindo versus James Bond, um, but I think we'll save that for another time because I think it'll be a good battle. So we're going to save that. Uh, but all this hocus pocus talk it is when you hear this uh it's is kind of the month of uh of halloween and let's 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 do that let's do princess leia versus winifred sanderson of the Ooh. sanderson sisters from hocus pocus for those who don't know if you know what hocus pocus is she's the main she's bet midler she's the main sister in it, the one who has most of the powers so you got princess leia who is strong in the force Taking on Winifred, who is strong with the witchery. Who do we got? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Leia. All right. I'm gonna go Princess Leia. She's uh, force sensitive, really good with a gun, great command. To me, the 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 Sanderson sisters, they're like the 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 Bowsers and the uh, the Doctor Robotniks of the video game world when it comes to villainy. Right? You just just fail. They're, they 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 make it seem threatening. They make it, they keep it interesting, but ultimately, um, you know, just, just jobbers, just really, really good jobbers. Princess Leia, on the other hand, she's wielded, she's wielded a lightsaber, wielded a gun, um, and she's, she's an authoritative, charismatic figure. I'm all in on Princess Leia. Brian, what do you think? I was so ready to say that. A witch should win this, no problem. But then I remember that, like, okay, if you actually follow the canon, she flew through space. <laughs> Fortunately, she did, and she kind of like brought herself back to life, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Right, that happened, right? She, like, yeah, remember that. Don't forget. Um, so if you can bring yourself back to life without relying on a virgin lighting a candle, uh, you got to win. If you rely on a, a virgin, there's not many of us walking around. I mean. What? <laughs> Wait, you have children. <laughs> I so, take care of children. <laughs> oh man, I agree with everything y'all have said, but I think we're kind of selling Winifred short here. Uh, she, I mean, obviously, when she has the book, she's even stronger. But even without the book, you know, the book with the all-seeing eye. Uh, she is still quite powerful. She doesn't need a gun actually to, to shoot at you and stuff like that. She actually has that ability. She's kind of got, uh, a, a force abilities herself in a way, right? Like she can, she can make the lightning come from her hands, that type of thing. Um, so I think this is a lot closer than you guys are making it out to be, honestly. Uh, I, man, I, this is to me. <laughs> To me, uh, 
and these are from my childhood these are two incredibly iconic characters for me uh so this is tough uh man i think it's going to come down to the wire um the problem here i see is yes I don't think either one of them gets killed, quote unquote, because like we already established, Princess Leia can bring herself back from life if you throw her into space. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> uh, and Winifred has been, you know, she was murdered, hung, and still came back. So that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, so, man, this is tough. I think it's going to come down to, um, I think Leia would eventually outsmart Winifred, right? Uh, and I think it's how she would win, but I do. So I'm going to say Leia does win, but I think it's much closer than you guys are saying, especially man. I think it's a lot. I think she's much, I think Winifred's way more than just a really good jobber. She's quite good. All right. Maybe I was being a little bit harsh, a little bit harsh. I don't know. I don't know, but there it is, everybody. So Leia, uh, I think it's only the second or third Star Wars character to win. Like, I think we're probably about betting even now, aren't we? I, we like we might be. I know. I'm yeah. talking like we haven't only done like six or seven episodes. Um, but there it is. Empire Strikes Back. Our our review and all that is is complete. Next month, Return of the Jedi. Very excited for this one. The conclusion of the OG trilogy. So that'll be some fun to talk about. We have some more Andor news. And uh, who knows? Maybe something else cool will pop up. Never know. Yeah, like watch indoor. No, <laughs> I'd I'd rather masturbate. Anyways, everybody, thank you so <laughs> much. Fair, that's not fair because I can I can say that as a true answer to pretty much anything you ask me. Would I rather do this or masturbate? I hate to tell you, uh, masturbate's going to win ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs> that's not fair. Better On that, ne- you, you better never cancel an episode to to go jerk it. <laughs> See, yeah, we'll see. Well, you'll never know. Yeah, if I come in with half asleep, you'll know what happened. Uh, if I ever log on to an episode, just my eyes just uh. anyway, if I ever show up and I seem completely at peace, you know what's happened. <laughs> Everything's cool. All right, guys, that is a wrap for this episode. We will talk to you next month right here on the airing of grievances on behalf of brian johnny and i till next time may the force be with you that's not true that's impossible Join us.